Everett podcast, where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. And I'm producer Henry J. Thanks for joining us on episode number 99. 99! 99! Which is brought to you by Milltown Credit Union. Check out their no annual fee Visa credit card with a low 9.5% rate. Some restrictions may apply. Learn more at milltowncu.org or visit them at 3201 Broadway. Okay, so I've had about 17 birthday cookies from Linda. Uh, we've all had... A Is today of, your birthday? Uh, no, my birthday's in a couple weeks. Okay. Phew. Linda brought in cookies this morning for my birthday, and then instead of saying thank you, I said, oh, it's actually a couple weeks away. And then I realized I was being a jerk, and then I said thank you. But <laughs> a Monday morning bad behavior. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to be discussing why Seattle is trying to claim our new airport. We're going to be sharing uh, our interview with the Everett Fire Chief, Dave DeMarco, and then we're going to play some Everett trivia. Let's jump in. So let's take a look at some events happening around Everett from the Weekly Goodness, a weekly email newsletter we send out every single Monday. So, uh, Tyler, what is your event pick of the week? I'm going to the Pet Parade. Pets on Parade. It is. Let's see. Uh, It's at the Shack Art Center. It's Thursday at 5 p.m. Shack artists pay tribute to their beloved furry friends while collecting food and pet accessories for Noah. Actually, don't know anything about it other than this headline, but I love pets. Uh, I love the Shack, and I'm free on Thursday at 5 p.m. So that's what I'm going to try to do. What about you guys? Nice. Very cool. I am going to plug the uh, Everett Home and Garden Show that's going on this weekend. It starts Friday at noon over at Angel of the Winds Arena. You can see exhibits new and old and get tips and tricks from remodeling experts all weekend. And it is $7 uh, for adults. Um, Let's see. Kids 16 and under are free. Uh, Tickets are, are available at the door. Uh, looks like there's a discount for uh, military and families as well. And that's going all weekend. Uh, starts Friday at noon and then goes through all day, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Have you ever been to the Home and Garden Show? I haven't. Have you? I went two years ago. And I think it was free on Sundays back then or something like that. Hmm. But let me tell you, if you have a home or a garden, it's pretty righteous. Yeah, I feel like I'm... F- finally at that stage in my life where I'm actually kind of interested in this type of stuff. You know, I've, I've never really gotten too excited about a home and garden show. Um, and I probably won't go this weekend cause that sounds a little stressful with the baby, but I do think it sounds pretty cool though. If you are in the market for appliances, let me tell you, that is the place to buy them. Oh, Trade really? show pricing. Yeah. They especially from Jet. Well, there's a, there's a, it's basically like everybody has their trade show pricing. So if you like want to get a roof and you book it there, it'll be theoretically cheaper than anywhere else. Mm, but Judd and Black has a big booth there and um, they had some crazy deals on appliances because when we bought our appliances for our house, the home and garden show was like two weeks later and we could have got a better deal hmm. at the home and okay. garden show. Anyway, yeah, that's hot good to, tip. Good to know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> some of that, no, for real, I mean, you know, whether it's appliances or a new roof or geez, we were pricing out getting some new siding. I mean, that stuff is expensive. I know. So, if you can save 10% on something that's 
several thousand dollars. That's not chump change. Yeah, sounds good to me. How about you, Henry? What's uh, on your docket? You're probably going to do something way cooler than both of us. I'm doing pet stuff. Garrett's doing home stuff. What are you doing? I don't have a pet or a home (laughs) or a garden, so I'm going to go watch some (laughs) basketball. Um, There you go. The NWAC Northwest Athletic Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Championships is happening this week and next week, too. At every community college, it starts the Sweet 16 starts at Thursday, 8 a.m., but they're doing tournaments all day long. Um, it's really cool. I've never, I never got to cover it when I was at EVCC, but the uh, EVCC men's team is undefeated going into this championship. So there's mm-hmm. some Everett pride for you. And those kids work real hard. Those athletes are, you know, they're trying to make it. So Yeah, totally. And is that really how it's pronounced, NWAC? Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Okay. I did not know that. The NWAC. There used to be another C, and then they dropped that oh. C. So it's mm. NWACC. NWAC. Okay. Learn, new. Learning new things. Yep. There you go. So, yeah, they do this tournament, I guess, every year now. So, we should go. Go Trojans. Go Trojans. Whoop, whoop. Well, that's what we picked out this week. For more details and to get the weekly goodness sent to your inbox every Monday, check out liveineverett.com slash subscribe. Garrett's a juggalo. <laughs> is whoop, that, whoop. Is, <laughs> whoop, whoop. Is that what whoop, whoop is? That's a juggalo thing? No. What's happening in your life in Everett this week, everybody? On this week's Life in Everett, we're going to be discussing a Herald article highlighting how Everett and our new airport is getting the shaft again. It's true. It's true. We can't have anything nice here in Everett. Well, why don't you uh, set this up, Henry, a little bit, and then we can talk about it. Well, before we started rolling, Tyler said that he's going to smash my worldview or something like that. I said I'm going to disrupt your paradigm like every other okay cliche thing so so, um the headline to this article this herald herald article which came out on saturday says so far airport earns effort no respect subhead is painfield airport opens monday but please don't call it seattle's second airport locals say and the um the article goes on to describe how uh, CNN describes Painfield as an alternative mode of accessing Seattle's clean, fresh air, unparalleled coffee culture, and thriving food scene. Uh, we have that. We also have USA Today dubbed Painfield, quote, Seattle's second airport. The Los Angeles Times says that uh, the airport is, quote, poised to become Seattle's second airport. Um, the LA Times actually wrote two articles calling it Seattle's other airport and travel marketing report says, quote, Seattle is getting a new airport, Painfield, located in the nearby city of Everett. So the article is basically like saying, you know, is the Daily Everett Herald Seattle's other newspaper? Are the Silvertip Seattle's second hockey team? Found it interesting. Totally different audiences. Totally different audiences. I don't want to get in. Uh, I feel like it's worth saying that I've had a lot of birthday cookies today. And I have a headache and I've taken some Advil. I'm afraid I'm going to come into this a little too hot. Maybe regret some things that I say, but uh, what do you think, Garrett? (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice segue. Yeah, you're really building this up right now. (laughs) Well, um, you know, so we talked about this briefly this morning at our team meeting, and I feel like there was a pretty good distinction made that if you are talking to people outside of Everett who likely don't have much of a reference point for Everett, then it might make sense to just refer to Seattle so that they have some geographical context. Whereas if, yeah, if you're talking to locals, like definitely you're going to call it Everett's airport. Totally. Um, so I, I think there is a bit of, 
uh, and I think maybe that's what you were alluding to when you were saying like two different audiences, mm-hmm. like it kind of depends on, on who you're, you're talking to, which I told, um, I totally get that. I'm yeah. not, I'm not like offended by that. I feel like to me as an Everett, Everettite, it's the new airport or terminal really is the, is the right way of saying it. It's a new ter- terminal passenger terminal at Painfield airport. And, um, as an Everettite, it's totally my Everett airport, right? That's where I'm going to try to fly out of. But I imagine if I was a person living in uh, like one of the fly markets like Denver or something, and I was thinking about visiting the Seattle area, I would consider it part of Seattle, you know, or consider it the airport that I'm flying into to visit the Seattle area. Um, and this is, this has been something that I've really been processing for the last couple of years is uh, I've been working on tourism and, you know, I don't think it, I need to like qualify my love of Everett, you know, right? Because of being one of the founding members of Live in Everett. And I always talk about how much I love this place. You know, working on tourism, especially with the county, you know, was one of the people who made the decision to call our Snohomish County tourism brand Seattle North Country. And it's funny, like, because I've done um, like presentations to local and regional tourism stakeholders. So, people who make up Snohomish County and work in the tourism industry. It has been a hard sell until I've said two things. One, uh, pose a question. When you travel outside of Snohomish County or out of the state and somebody asks you where you're from, what do you say? I'm from Everett, which is about 45 miles north or 45 minutes north of Seattle. Right. You always have to qualify it. Right. But I don't tell people that I'm from Seattle because I don't live in Seattle. But you always use Seattle as a reference, as an anchor point. The second one is just reminding people to like think in terms of audience and really knowing your audience. And uh, specifically for tourism, when I'm speaking to like people within the tourism industry that have these really strong feelings on sense of pride, which that sense of pride is what allows us to like have such a great tourism product because the culture here is made up of people who love this place and invest into this place. Um, and we can talk about it as locals who love this place and we can have that sort of point of view with our tourism marketing, but we have to remember that the people that we're marketing to aren't locals. Um, they're coming to experience the place and the culture. And one thing that we, uh, we learned a lot about, um, through some focus groups and, and some studies that were done is like just about everybody who visits, Snohomish County is thinking in terms of visiting the Pacific Northwest. Um, if they stay overnight in Snohomish County, they're not thinking in these arbitrary lines of I'm in King County now, I'm in Skagit County now, I'm over in Island County. They're simply just trying to like do the Pacific Northwest thing. And it's interesting, like as Seattle grows more and more, and it's like this tier one, that's sort of like market jargon, right? Where Everett is in between two tier one cities, Vancouver, BC and Seattle. And we're always going to be really close in proximity to two tier one cities. And Seattle is the fastest growing city in the country right now. A thousand people a week are moving to Seattle. It's no wonder that when LA times writes about it, they refer to it as Seattle's airport. Well, do you know Amy Spain? I work with Amy Spain. She would, uh, she's the executive director of the Snohomish County tourism bureau. She backs you up. Uh, we offer a different visitor experience than you'll have at SeaTac. That sets visitors in a positive frame of mind. That's a lovely introduction to our community. She said, yeah, yeah. You've been to the new airport. 
Yeah, twice. New terminal. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. It is beautiful. Um, you know who else is fine with it being called Seattle's airport is uh, Ryan Crowther, who is, um, of course, our friend. He's the founder of uh, Seattle's other music initiative, the Everett Music Initiative. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he doesn't care either. He was quoted in here. Um, he says that uh, the rest of the West Coast sees it as a convenient way to fly into Seattle. I think it it bums me out a little bit. Like I get all the marketing stuff and all that and all of that, but it's like, why don't we just you know, in whatever press release went out to these major newspapers for them to like write about this? Because I'm sure that they honestly probably didn't know before that press release like showed up on their desk that it was more Everett first. Because I feel like people are going to come here. I mean, there's only, what, six, seven cities that you can fly to? It's not a lot. This is a local airport serving Snohomish County. And maybe Seattle? Like, maybe, you know? But, like, SeaTac is way closer and way more convenient to fly into than it is to fly into Everett, I feel. Although, one thing that is interesting on that note of of SeaTac's convenience is I did think it was funny in the article. They say that... Uh, I, I didn't know this either that I guess the port of Seattle runs SeaTac airport and it says, uh, they just, uh, approved a resolution noting the need for another airport to relieve SeaTac cause SeaTac so busy hmm. and they, they kind of make it sound like SeaTac wasn't even aware that Payne field airport is, is opening, like just opened, which is kind of oh, com- that's comical. Hilarious. That is a weird way to, to frame that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, who knows? Strange. And yeah, they, they just talk about how, um, yeah, SeaTac is just crazy busy. And like when you go down to LA, there's a ton of airports down there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, and yeah. you know, you're just thinking about flying into Disneyland. You're just trying to get the tickets into whatever place is going to get you there cheapest. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. yeah. So you don't necessarily care which airport it is. Yeah. So you fly into Anaheim, which is not a part of Los Angeles. It's another city. Right. But, and see, I, it, I just did you know. it too. Right. When I said a bunch of airports in, in LA, I believe in, in reality, there's probably only one, technically one airport in LA and all the other ones are in Anaheim or right. Long Beach. I guess, or, well, see, that's, that's like what I'm afraid of is that kind of like, meh, you know, it, like, but like it's, it's just the, all one thing, but it's how the visitors, it's how people who aren't from around here think about it naturally. It is right, but we should be doing things to make them not think of it naturally. Like, like I don't think of like New Jersey as a part of New York. I guess it's different states, but only a river separates them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just don't want Everett to be Seattle's suburb. We're too unique. We're too cool. I agree with that. So I'm well, with you 100 percent right, on that. I at, do feel I'm in 100 percent agreement, and I really appreciate your you know, passion for Everett and, and all of that. Well, that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get it. I no, get but, it. and I totally get where you're coming from too, where, which is like, you know, somebody from Oklahoma does not care about where they're flying into as long as they can get to their hotel and go see some fish being thrown around, whatever is easier <laughs> to get you there, to get you to Pike place market, you'll do it, right? You'll take that opportunity. Totally. So. I think that it makes sense that large, national publications are referring it to as Seattle's airport. I think we as Everett people and those who are in the Seattle area will think of it as Everett's airport. I think those who are thinking about visiting Seattle and fly into Painfield are going to be thinking of it as another airport in Seattle Metro. It, it is funny. Like I, um, 
spent the weekend uh, just on a whim researching some of the history of kind of Everett's origin story when the city uh, was first getting founded. And the reason it got founded and why all these different people were interested in making Everett uh, into a, a city was because they thought the, the, the railroad terminal was going to be placed in Everett, ended up going into Seattle. And uh, it's just kind of funny looking back at the history and seeing some of the, the same issues back then of Everett being in such close proximity to Seattle. And, um, you know, it, it's not like a, I don't know, I, maybe in a sense it's like a little bit of a battle, you know, but it's just that it's like that we're so close it's uh, it's been a tension for a long time. At totally. least we're not Tacoma. What's wrong with Tacoma? What the hell's wrong with Tacoma? <laughs> You're talking about proximity. Yeah, mm. that's w- really close. No, Tacoma's lost out on a bunch of stuff because of I, Seattle. I think it's really similar. I think isn't Seattle like basically smack dab in the middle? Maybe Tacoma's a little bit closer than Everett. I thought it was a little bit further actually. Oh really? But really? Gosh, yeah. I need to go back. Like I always say, geography is the category on Jeopardy that I struggle with the most. Um, <laughs> Fair so enough. You when, do say that all of the time. <laughs> when we were doing, uh, before we wrap it up, when we were at Painfield Airport, Henry, and we were talking to Brett Smith, the CEO of Propeller, I'm not sure if you were here, if you were with us for that interview. I was not. But he talked about how Painfield really was kind of set up to be SeaTac. But then the war happened during World War II. Hmm. Um, a lot of it got turned into a base, and then they built SeaTac. And if it wouldn't have been for World War II and turning Painfield into a base, a military base, during wartime, SeaTac maybe never would have happened, and then we would hmm. have been SeaTac. Thanks, World War II. I don't know if that's true. The, Sorry if anybody from SeaTac is listening to this, but the area around SeaTac Airport sucks <laughs> to live and like all the stuff around there. I would never want to be SeaTac ever, ever. It it does pose some issues, right? When you have planes coming and going all day totally. long and the noise that comes with that, it's a less attractive place for people to hang out for kind of their leisure activities or whatever yeah, and that affects quality um, of life and that and a lot of people have been against pain field getting passenger air right yep. and it's been a contentious thing for i mean i think since i moved to Everett, people have been arguing about it and that was actually one thing they pointed out in the the article they shared a few people's comments from uh facebook uh locals that were commenting on some of these other articles that publications were putting out and one person said that hey we have sacrificed a lot for, for this airport. Um, so please, please give, uh, essentially kind of please give credit where credit is due. You know, that this is our, our airport. We're the ones sacrificing for it. And, um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Yep. Yeah. This has been a really good conversation and debate. I just want to say Everett can be known for a lot more than just an airport. So who cares if it's Everett, Everett's airport, but, but we build planes here. Uh, no, but do you want to be known just for like Boeing and stuff too? I mean, it's kind of our bread and butter in the city, right? In terms of employment, and we do make the best airplanes on the planet. It is pretty cool, but I'm just saying that, you know, I don't know. I don't there's think more, we'll, there's we'll more talk about the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, to be continued. Well, hey, yeah. we'd love to hear from you guys. Do you think Everett 
isn't getting a fair shake with the new airport, drop us a line through social media, let us know, or leave us a voicemail, 425-341-3731. March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Colon cancer is the number two cause of cancer death among men and women in the U.S. With regular screenings, a person's lifetime risk of dying from colorectal cancer can be reduced by up to 90%. Get screened today. Call Citrine Health at 425-259-9899. Hey guys, Garrett and Henry here, along with Everett Fire Chief Dave DeMarco. And uh, Dave, thanks for being here today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I'm curious how you first uh, came to Everett and got involved with the Everett Fire Department. Uh, I found the fire service by accident when I was looking for an extra job while in college at the UW. And a friend of mine introduced me to the volunteer program on Mercer Island where you could make an extra three or $400 a month uh, while keeping the current jobs that I had that was trying to get myself through school. And so I joined the fire department purely as a way to make extra money. Uh, I spent three years there and, and realized that I really enjoyed it and that, um, that I might have more to offer the fire service than the things I was studying. And started to evaluate where, uh, where I wanted to work. And I knew that I wanted to work in an organization that was large enough to have a, a complete complement of fire protection and fire department services, but not so big as to disappear into a city like Seattle. And so, um, I was uh, on Mercer Island. You're affiliated closely with the Bellevue fire department at that time. All the Bellevue firefighters were recommending Everett. And, uh, since I was born here and, and raised in Marysville, um, this is the only place that I applied. So you you specifically sought out Everett I did. Fire Department. I wow. did. That's really yeah. cool. At that time, it was you know as it is now, it's a, a a fully functioning city with a very diverse population base and a demographic base and all the different things that you can do here. We have a an all risk fire department, and it's um, it's been an exciting place to be a firefighter. And how long ago was that when you first started with Everett Fire? Uh, I started with a group of seventeen in. October of 1994. Okay. Very cool. Are you a first, the first firefighter in your family? Cause I feel like that's a very family, you know, yeah, actually type of thing. I, I grew up in a family where my dad was in the Navy. So I was around a uniformed family member growing up, but, uh, I am the first, um, public servant in the family that way, in that way. Very cool. So as chief, mm-hmm. um, what is a day in the life look like for you? Like what are some of your responsibilities? Um, I have a pretty full day. I start very early in the morning because I'm an early riser. So I usually get in town between 6 and 6.30. And I use that morning period um, to do work where no one's bothering me. So I've got a lot of um, you know people that need to connect with me over the course of a day. And so I use the first couple hours of the day to get work done that I can't get done when people are constantly coming to the door. Because I also like to have a door open for people that need me. Um, so the first couple of hours is... Um, working through the work that produced itself the night before, answering emails, um, setting up a plan for the day. Um, And then the rest of the day is pretty structured around uh, regular meetings with the different divisions of the fire department, uh, different elements of the city. Um, And we're in the middle of some pretty large projects at the the fire department. And so um, I have uh, a lot of oversight roles in a lot of the different projects that are ongoing. What are some of those projects? Can you talk about those yet? Or uh, No, I can, certainly. Um, I was uh, named chief uh, by Mayor Franklin in June of last year. 
And one of the first tasks that I faced was to hire a new command team. Um, so we had a competitive process for three new assistant chiefs. Um, and we have taken, uh, because of the city's structural budget problems, as I'm sure you're aware of, uh, we used to have 19 chief officers and now we have 16. So I reorganized the department with fewer chief officers to make sure that we kept the um, same number of firefighters on the street. We didn't want to cut service on the street. Mm -hmm. And so um, as part of that process, one of the biggest initial undertakings is the redevelopment of the department's mission, vision, and values, which I realize the fire department's mission is pretty well understood. You know, our job is to intervene in various crises, including fires and medical events. Um, but the prior mission, vision, and values process didn't really include all the, the fire department employees and wasn't exactly representative of, of who we are as an organization. And so um, my first step was to bring in the assistant chiefs and then put the entire organization through a mission, vision, values process, which is due to wrap up in June of 19. And so um, they're in the midst of defining their own values at the moment, and then we will uh, take those and, and extrapolate um, values for the entire fire department and then share those with the community um, later in the year. Very cool. Nice. And you're the first person from the Everett Fire Department that we've talked with. And so I'm curious, how big is the Everett Fire Department? Can you give us some, some context as mm -hmm. far as the number of firefighters or trucks or that kind of stuff? Yep. Uh, the Everett Fire Department has 180 employees total. Uh, about 170 of those are uniformed, meaning um, that they're uh, sworn firefighters, and then the other 10 or so, depending on uh, when we count, uh, are administrative staff that support the organization. Um, we have a fire marshal's office that comes to work on an 8 to 5 schedule, so you subtract them out, um, and the rest of the uniform members are uh, divided into four platoons and come to work every day. So usually on any given day, there's anywhere from 32 to 35 uh, firefighters on duty, including all the way from the rank of battalion chief, captains, paramedics, drivers, and firefighters. And so on any given day, 365 days a year, there's between 32 and 35 firefighters on duty. Is this volunteer firefighters or is this all? all this is all career firefighters. Very the cool. Everett Fire doesn't have any uh, part-time or volunteer programs. So how how often are you, is the fire department like going out on calls, like fighting actual fires? Like how many fires are, are things that you have to go respond to a day? Like what, what would you say? So um, I'm actually more comfortable diving into data than I am doing interviews and, and, and being the figurehead for the organization. So we, we uh, pulled some information for you based on this interview. Um, the rate of structural fires in the city of Everett has remained fairly consistent for the last five years straight. Um, we're dispatched to approximately 100 structural fires per year. Um, you tend to only hear or see about the the ones that get away from us, the right. ones that are fairly large. And, and because there's been a few large ones recently, that's uh, probably why you have in your mind that it's um, that there's been a lot more fires than normal. It just so happens that we strung together a very visible fire at the marina, a very visible fire at Judd and Black, and then another very visible fire at um, 3615 Broadway. And so in a short period of time, you saw some big ones, and you have this sense that there's, there's more fires than normal. But in general... Um, the last five years has been fairly steady. And the reason that you don't hear about the other 95 is because we're actually very good at what we do. We I tend, was just about to say we, that. We tend to catch them earlier than before they become a, a media spectacle. So 
Um, uh, th but that's uh, generally the rate of fires. Uh, in terms of overall call volume, the Everett Fire Department manages about 23, depends on the year, 23 or 24,000 um, 911 incidents per year. Wow. Um, which works out to be about 65 a day. Um, so spread across six fire stations. Um, you could sit, uh, one of the questions that you asked me in advance was, you know, if somebody came and did a ride along and they didn't go on any calls, uh, is it that there aren't any? And the answer is no, there's, there's generally about 60 to 70 a day. And, um, it's just one of those things that when somebody comes, it's like going to the doctor when you, um, your symptoms go away when the, when you show up in the doctor's office. Well, when we get somebody to come and ride along with us, the calls tend to vanish around them <laughs> and, um, and go on in the, in the periphery. But, uh, we're, we're very consistent at 65 to 70 a day. So firefighters on, on a shift, is it 24 hour shift? Is yep. that what they're usually working? Yep. We're divided into four platoons that are on an eight day rotation. And in that eight day period, each platoon works two days. And so they work from eight in the morning until eight the next morning. And then the next shift of firefighters comes in and relieves them for the next 24 hours. Wow. So you're seeing a lot of calls in 24 hours. You, you tend to have a busy day and the, the perception of um, firefighters playing cards and sleeping through the night um, is, does not apply at the Everett Fire Department. Right. We're, we're consistent day and night. I bet. I bet. What are some of your biggest challenges? Well, I, I share... Um, some of the challenges that the city faces. Uh, certainly, um, the budget that we have to work with is is tight, and managing to meet the community's demands with the money that we're allocated is probably our, our biggest challenge. Um, but any city director would come in and tell you the exact same thing. The, the city is generally being asked to do more with less, and so is the fire department. But that doesn't really change the rate at which the 911 calls come in. Um, and so we have to find more efficient ways to do what we've done all along. And so that's, that is the challenge that we face every day. What is the most rewarding part of which, of what you do What's like the most enjoyable thing. There has to be a, a fuel to the, to the fire. No pun intended. Uh, the most rewarding thing for me, um, I like applying systems to chaos and I enjoyed that as a, a firefighter and as a fire captain I like to try to resolve people's problems by bringing order to to whatever crisis was uh, going on and um, there's a lot of opportunity at the Everett Fire Department to bring order to the administrative systems um, and so I've sort of taken that enjoyment uh, from the field and tried to bring it into my my administrative job um, I enjoy trying to bring order to the chaos of our administrative systems um, and, and in that process, uh, probably the other aspect of that is that I get to help develop, um, the next me, so to speak, Wh whomever is interested in holding this job after I depart the Everett fire department, my, um, my favorite thing is trying to find pathways for those people to, to improve their careers. Was it tough going from being a, a like out in the field to sitting behind a desk is terrible. <laughs> I, I don't know how I, there's no way to sugarcoat it. I miss my field job every day for sure. For um, sure. I, I really, you know, I spent so many years preparing a certain skill set to work in the field and then to, um, essentially leave those behind for an administrative role is, is, uh, is challenging. Do you ever get to go out at all? I do. Um, we, we joke because we keep track of call volume by unit and, um, and my unit goes on more calls than, than, uh, than the chief ever has before. And so, um, 
I, I do get to go out, but not 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 like I used to. Right, right. And and my role really is just to be supportive, not to actually be terribly engaged. Mm-hmm. So you were in the field for twenty plus years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, any any crazy stories you're allowed to share? Um, I was warned about this question in advance too, and and I have a ton of crazy stories, and I. I really struggle to come up with any that are appropriate to broadcast. Yeah. Um, suffice it to say that we've had 911 calls for a lot of really unusual things, including people that uh, would like this to make them a sandwich, uh, <laughs> people that would like us to get the remote that's stuck behind the uh, sofa. Um, we've been a part of some really, really uh, amazing saves. Um, I, I, I was present for, you, you may have heard of the little girls that were pulled out of the Olin Fields fire in January of 18. Um, I was present for that. Uh, I was actually um, outside that building and was there to receive one of the two little girls when they pulled her out. And so um, after 27 plus years in the fire service, I've never seen a rescue like that before Hmm. and probably never will again. Um, So I would say that's probably the most amazing thing that I've been a part of. Um, And then certainly there's... um, there's a lot of tragedy. You know, the firefighters that work in Everett carry a lot of um, memories of tragedy because they're, they're out um, up close to it on a daily basis. I feel like the, the kind of cliche thing you, you hear about is like firefighters getting cats out of trees. Mm-hmm. Has, has that actually ever happened? So technically, if you call 911 and ask to have a cat extracted from a tree, that the dispatch center will tell you, I'm sorry, that's not a service we offer. Mm, Um, and so for the most part we won't offer that service because cats generally find their way out of trees yeah um but ironically if you looked on our social media um, just a week ago during the snow event um, a cat had crawled up into the inner workings of a car and um the the owner of the car heard the cat knew it was deep inside the car but couldn't get it to come out so they came to the fire station and everett fire and everett animal control um disassembled the car to some extent and rescued the cat out of the car. So wow. that's, that's the closest cat save story that I can come up with. You, you didn't have to use the jaws of life. No jaws that. of life. Okay. It was, it was more of the crescent wrench of survival. Nice. Yep. <laughs> so, um, what, what do you wish uh, people knew like more about fire safety? What are some tips maybe that would minimize some calls of yours <laughs> that you're getting every day? Well, uh, two, two different issues. I can, I can offer some fire safety tips and then I can offer some, um, some tips for calling 911 in general. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get, let's have both. Okay. So tips for calling 911 in general, in general, um, a general healthcare concern, aches and pains, um, things that you could manage by visiting a walk-in clinic. Uh, those are the types of calls that are a very heavy burden to the fire department because we have to manage them the same way that we manage calls for, more significant medical issues like chest pain or cardiac arrest or shortness of breath. Um, we have a model that when you call 911, we produce a response immediately and, and we roll an expensive fire engine with expensive firefighters, whether it's cardiac arrest or an ache and pain. And so the, the ask of the community is to try to gauge the, um, the severity of your medical complaint and manage it appropriately. And of course, you can always call 911 and they will help triage the issue. But at the end of the day, right now, all calls to 911 will still ultimately produce a, a fire response. And we'd like to um, work on that. We're, we're actually targeted those areas for um, an alternative response because we just simply can't afford to keep doing that going into the future. 
Um, fire safety tips wise, uh, it's a better person to ask is our fire marshal, but I did ask the question. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and give you the answers that the, that the fire marshal gave for fire safety tips, sure. okay? So in your home, uh, always install smoke alarms on every level of the home, inside bedrooms and outside sleeping areas, and then test them every month. If they're not working, change the batteries. In the kitchen, keep the stove and counter surfaces free of clutter and never leave your cooking unattended. And then the laundry room, clean your dryer ducts and make sure that they vent directly outdoors. Um, that would capture the vast majority of the causes of fires in the city of Everett. Um, hmm. Most of those hundred fires are uh, most often kitchen fires uh, that have spread to the cabinets. And um, if you can manage those with a fire extinguisher or knowing how to manage a grease fire without having to uh, let it extend to the cabinets, then that's going to be a great win for us. If we can prevent a fire from getting bigger before it happens, then that's a win for the fire department. So um, those tips would uh, help with most of the fire incidents in Everett. Nice. Yeah, those those are good. And they seem very basic, but obviously if that's the majority of your calls, there's people still missing those things. So it's it's straightforward, but it's still, it's still something that we can emphasize. I I am proud to say now that, uh, I had my first child recently and after that happened, I learned where my fire extinguisher was good Good. (laughs) because I thought about it. I'm like, I don't even know where we keep that. I'm like, I should should probably know where that's at. Here's a pop quiz for you. Is it on the way out of your residence? Or is it no, it's, in a under, it's under the kitchen sink. Yeah, so here's another tip for you is to install it on your path of exit to the outside so that you can make a decision on your way as you evacuate your home. You can pass the fire extinguisher and make a choice. Do I want to grab the fire extinguisher and turn and fight or do I want to continue out of the house? But if the fire extinguisher is in a cabinet or under a sink or somewhere else, um, you are, are not going to use it. That's a really good tip. Yep. I like that. I know what Garrett's doing tonight. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So uh, something crossed my Facebook feed the other day that I thought was really, really cool is that um, every fire department's taking part in in an event at Seattle's Queer Bar to raise support for leukemia and lymphoma, uh, the the society. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to be doing challenges and lip sync battles with local drag queens. Yeah. How did this come about? I I feel like this is... Not out of left field, but it's something that I wouldn't expect from the fire department or like the police department or anything like that. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's out of left field. Last, So the Everett Fire Department has been a, a big player in the LLS, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, stair climb for uh, almost two decades. Is that the one that's at, in Seattle? At the, it's the one where they climbed the Columbia Tower. Yes, Columbia Tower. And yeah. uh, 69 flights in full bunker gear with the SCBA on. And... Um, and it's sort of a rite of passage for, for a lot of our firefighters. Um, it's a great charity. I actually have a sister who is a lymphoma survivor who is actually living with a chronic form of lymphoma now and, and does the civilian portion of that climb. Um, but in the last few years, the Everett firefighters have really adopted it as their, um, as their primary charitable cause. And in 2018, they raised more money than any other organization. I, I, I know in the region and possibly in the nation, they raised, I think, $136,000 for just the 2018 stair climb. Very cool. And so they are really looking for ways to, uh, they beat Seattle Fire, and and the intention is to beat Seattle Fire again. (laughs) And so um, they are looking for every possible avenue to to raise funds. And we do have several members of the LGBTQ community in the fire department. 
and um, and they identified this uh, place as an opportunity to do something fun to raise money for this great charity. And uh, we're an inclusive organization, and we're we're just excited for the opportunity to raise more funds. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's thank very, you. Very very cool. And I can't Indeed. take credit for that. It's uh, all of our members are um, the driving force behind that, and and this is just another opportunity to um, to get the message out and to raise funds for an important cause. Very cool. Are you going to take part in this? Do you know what lip sync song song you're going to lip sync to? Uh, I'm planning to go down and visit. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and as um, as you can tell, I have a better voice for radio than I have a, a face for TV. But uh, I'll I'll do my best to to support the guys as best I can. Very cool. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add at all before we wrap up? No, I, I think that uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come and speak to the community and um, kind of feel remiss that we haven't had this opportunity before. And, and hopefully, um, if you're interested, I can produce uh, uh, other members of the fire department that can come and tell their stories and, and, um, and, and interact with you guys as well. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love yep. to uh, have, have more of the Everett Fire Department on the show at some point. Definitely. Yeah. So you, yeah, you might enjoy having uh, the downtown engine company come and all three of them sit here and talk to you and tell their stories. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate yep. it. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bid your furnace farewell. Swap your old dog-tired electric furnace for a new efficient heat pump. For a limited time, get enhanced rebates up to $2,000. Heat pumps can reduce your heating costs by up to 50%. Plus, they provide efficient cooling for the summer. Get started at snopud.com slash heating. It is time for Everett Trivia. We are running down Everett Essentials questions from the city of Everett. Let's get started. Let's. Ready, fellas? Born ready. Born ready. All right. This is a weird one, but because um, you have to finish, my favorite. you have to finish this sentence. Mm. Everett's Metro plan a incentivizes more jobs and housing downtown near Everett Station. B prepares Everett prepares Everett's Metropolitan Center for future development and growth, addressing population, housing, and employment targets. Uh, C changes zoning, building heights, and other development standards. D supports a shift to light rail and high capacity transit serving downtown or e all of the above dang it tyler you're so right <laughs> i'm going with tyler's theory on this one that whenever there's the all of the above option that that's uh that's it's, a, the winner. it's all of the above it's all of the above yeah that was that was an easy one ding 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 by 2035 i'll be dead how many jobs are expected <laughs> to be in Everett? <laughs> 100,000, 120,000, 140,000, 160,000 by 2035. How many jobs are expected to be in Everett? Hmm. In and around Seattle's I wish other I, airport. I wish I knew how many jobs were currently in Everett. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. Because I could not even tell you that much. How many of Seattle's jobs will be in Everett? Seattle's other I do I do remember I believe when we had Paul Roberts on the podcast some time ago I think he said that over by the Boeing area there was capacity I want to say for 40,000 jobs over in that part of the city yeah something like that so that's kind of my only reference point to go off of I guess what do you got what do you got I'm I'm just going to guess. 100, 120, 140, 160,000. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be wrong. All right. I, I got my guess, and it is 
I guess. I'm going to just guess 160. I'm going the biggest. I said uh, I'm C, an optimist. One, 140. Garrett got it. I knew he would. I knew he would. So I now, knew it was going to be 140. Now I believe you guys are tied for the total amount of questions. You were one off, Garrett, for a really long time. Now you were tied for total amount. That's right, Chisholm. Better watch yourself. Coming for you. Here we go. Final question. True or false? Businesses can redeem up to $500,000 in tax credits for creating 50 or more new jobs in Everett. True or false? I get it. $500,000 tax for, break. For creating, you said 50 or more jobs? 50 or more new jobs. I heard that was a $5 million tax credit. This says 500000 But you know, okay, speaking of that, uh, you remember how we were working through how Everett Fire and EMS could have 23 million calls in a year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was actually 23900 Yeah, uh, right. I sent yeah. emails okay. to the city okay, and they got yeah. back to us. Shit. So, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Damn, that's a lot of sick people. Who knows about these, uh, about these numbers now? All right, I got it. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm waiting for Garrett. I don't want him to copy me. He's got to write down. Oh, yeah, his good answer. point. I should probably decide, shouldn't I? Yep. Um, I have no idea. I'm, I went with the T. I also went with true. It is true. Huh. Of course, it's true. Man, Tyler, we need to hire more people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Well, you guys are tied. $500,000 tax credit. Like a B&O tax? I don't know. What kind of tax are you talking it about just that the city in, can give you? It says in tax credits. So if you want to know, I guess email the city of Everett. For creating 50 or more jobs. And do you know what those tax credits can be used for, Henry? Uh, anything. Sure. Why not? You know. Are there limitations on that? Probably not. You can redeem those credits for. Could I get a love sack for the office? You know, like one of those couches? Yeah. yeah. You could totally get a love sack. Awesome. Help support Live in Everett with a donation to our Patreon. Even a dollar a month helps us deliver stories, videos, and this podcast about the good things in Everett every single week. If you want to know more, you can head over to patreon.com slash live in Everett to donate today and help support Live in Everett. Thanks for hanging out on the Live in Everett podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please help others discover it as well by subscribing on the Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. If you'd like to drop us a line, you sure can podcast at liveinever.com or leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. Thanks for joining us today. Special thanks to All Our Ralph Army for our theme music and to our producer, Henry J., and also to Everett Fire Chief Dave DeMarco. Good things happen in Everett because, I'm sorry, good things happen in Seattle because of you. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Good things happen in Everett, the greatest city on the planet because of you. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of our wonderful city. Have a great week, everyone. This is why we're ever till the grave.